while. Just while I was standing here a few moments ago, I actually wrote this down. Um, and, I, and I feel it's almost like a rebuke from the Lord that we take too little when there is so much. That we sit in an opportunity like this, in a place like this, when there is so much and we just take too little. We just walk away with a little. And we'll be disappointed. We'll look and yearn and long for a moment like this. But let us just receive that from the Lord. And sometimes it is just familiarity. We're just so used to the good stuff. We're just so used to having a table spread before us. Great stuff. God doing wonderful things. That we just take too little. We just take too little from that. And we go away with less than God has already prepared and set for us as part of his, of, his, of his blessing toward us. Bless you all. Lovely to see you again. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. None of you. No Christmas, no New Year. Okay, some of you are half dead. Okay, I'm not quite sure if it's too much cookies or whatever. Yeah, quite a good, good introduction, Kev. Really excited about what God is going to do in the time ahead of us and trusting for those special times when God is just going to um, meet with us. So I'm speaking to you this afternoon on gearing up for the gospel or gearing up the gospel, realignment, a realignment preach, a realignment of our hearts toward God and what he's doing. And he has a scripture in Joshua 1. Very familiar with the scripture, and I'm sure you've heard it many times. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged. Do you hear those words? Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That was a message that was given to Joshua, and I think sometimes we write it off as a Joshua message. Not for me. It doesn't apply to me. It doesn't sit in my heart. Um, be strong and courageous. But he has a question for God. So God, if, if I must be strong and I must be courageous and I must not be terrified and I'm not, I must not be discouraged, why do I need to be all this when you're with me wherever I go? Maybe a good question for you to ask. Why? Does God expect that of you when he is with you? When he is with you. So, um, I'm preaching this message again. I had preached a little earlier today. And I'm trusting God that he will do something in your hearts, that he will shift something in your spirits. And I do feel that something has to shift. I think we've lost something. We have lost something as a people, maybe as individuals, uh, as a congregation, maybe Josh Jen as a whole, maybe the Church of Jesus Christ across the world, that something has been lost, that something has been given away, or we've lost ground, or we've lost a moment, we've lost something uh, of, of the fullness that God has, has uh, set for us, set before us. So I want to... Uh, introduce this by saying to you, um, you've heard the terminology beachhead. Anyone heard the terminology beachhead? You know what we're talking about. Uh, 
Okay, let me just explain it very briefly. A beachhead is a military term in a sense. It, it's, a, it's a portion of ground that is gained against the enemy. So the enemy sets himself up on an island, and it's usually a beach because that is the first approach into a country or a foreign country or a place, and the enemy will sit it out on a beachfront. He will sit it out basically out there, hide himself in little pockets, in caves, in whatever, and set himself up in a very defensive position. He's able to take on the enemy or us as we approach that beach. Uh, he's able to take us out, pot us out one by one, or two by two, or ten by ten, or whatever. He's able to do it because he's well strategically placed. And then what comes as a military order from the general or whoever set this thing up, he says, we've got to take this beach. We've got to take this beach because if we get this beach, we gain a strategic position to enter the land. We gain a strategic position to enter that place where we can overcome the enemy. We, we can take ground. Now, we may have lost our beachhead. And that's what I'm praying for and trusting for, even in this afternoon, that God will give us back our beachhead, that we will be able to stand on our beachhead, that we will be geared for it, that we will be ready for it, that we'll be ready to fight, that as the enemy sticks up his hand or projects himself out there to kill us and wound us and destroy us, that we will be positioned in a place that we have taken the beach. We have, we have now got a beachhead we have a place to stand and strategically move and claim the kingdom. So God wants us in the fight. He wants us for the fight. And he wants us to be in. And we want to be in, actually. So let me stand, start this as a qualifier. We all have issues as human beings. I think that's natural. Someone said it in a very nice way. He said, if you're born after Genesis chapter 3, you have a belly button. Okay. Which means you're human. Which means you are born of parents who sinned. And if you read the scriptures and understand the scriptures, you know that as a result of that, we have gained something of a loss that we had in the garden, that we could have had in the garden, that we could have walked out with God, that we have now sustained this loss. And that is the beachhead that I'm talking about, that we find, we stand our ground and say, we are going to take this ground. And it's about the gospel, the gospel. So I am wanting to speak to you about the gospel. I know that many, many times we'll get into a New Year situation and we're right at the beginning of a new year now and people are into their uh, resolutions. And I don't, I don't know so much if that's a church thing anymore. We used to have it. We used to stand up. So what are you planning for? What are you looking toward? What are you hoping for? What are you trusting for? Let's move into this great new space. Let's try something new. Let's do something new. Let's be something new. Let's make some resolutions. But God is not into resolutions. God is into resolve. And there's a big difference between a resolution and a resolve. Something that you decide, I am going to do this. Because resolution is something like, um, I'm thinking about it. This is what I'd like. But when you make a resolve, it's taking ground. You're actually standing your ground. You're standing in a place. You're ready to move forward. You're ready to do something with this ground. You are making a resolve, and the gospel is a resolve from God. God has given us a resolve in the gospel. So define the gospel for me. 
anyone. I don't know if you want to venture it. Uh, it's very difficult in a sense. You think, no, so what is the gospel? I know, you know, I've got to preach the gospel. Or um, it's about the lost. And, um, yeah, well, so let's go to Google or let's go to a dictionary if you don't know what Google is. Um, let's go to a dictionary. And the dictionary says, well, it's a set of principles. That's the gospel. It's a set of ethics. It's an ideology. Uh, it's a persuasion about the truth. It is the truth. It is Christ's philosophy. It is Christ's teaching. It is a genre of music. That's the gospel. That according to the definition in the dictionary. Or Google if you prefer to have Google. But what does God say about it? And Romans 1 verse 16 says this. Paul speaking. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. It's the power of God. For what? For salvation. To everyone who believes. Full of mercy, grace, love, freedom, hope, joy, life, power, wisdom, attributes of God, fellowship with God, confidence, access, thirst. You could go on and on. A number of things. The power of God. Sometimes we try, and that is why it is difficult to make a true definition of the gospel because we see gospel as something and not someone. And we try and differentiate between Jesus and the gospel. And are they separate? Is Jesus separate from the gospel or is Jesus the gospel? Anybody? <laughs> I think, I think, no, I think Jesus is the gospel. There's no gospel without Jesus. There is no gospel without Jesus. You take Jesus out of the equation and there's no gospel. There is no good news. There is no hope for the future. There is no walking with God. There is no freedom from sin. There is no power of forgiveness. There is no joy. There is no peace. There is nothing else at all. Because that's what the gospel is all about. And if you take Jesus out of the equation, then that's what you're left with. Nothing. You have to have Jesus for the gospel to be the gospel. So a week ago, I was asked to lead the prayer meeting. And in the prayer meeting, I used a scripture from Ephesians 6. And this is the scripture. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now this is one of those scriptures that you can get easily familiar with. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Great. Wonderful. But I think that's something that we could really jump up and down about. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And Paul starts that equation, or he starts that sentence with this word, finally. Now you would like me to say that today, right now, finally. Like I'm coming to the end of my message. I'm coming to the end and you can go home finally. And this is about the sixth chapter of Ephesians. The very last chapter, I think, is about 13 verses left. And Paul will be finished with Ephesians. The letter will be finished. So he's coming to the end. But that's not what the word finally means. It means from here on out. From here on out. In Afrikaans, verder nog dit. 
In other words, there's something more. There's, a, there's, there's something out of this place. And I believe that God has called us to this beachhead, to this place, that from here on out. And it's almost like, if you want to say resolution, you may, but I would prefer to say this is a resolve that God has given to us as a people from here on out. From here on out, something's going to happen. I believe that we are going to take ground that we have never taken ground before. I believe that we have a year ahead of us that is going to shift us as a people. That we are going to shift our hearts into the space. But we have got to believe. We have got to get into that place where we align ourselves. And the very first step that we take from here on out, the position that we take, the way forward in this whole thing is simply this, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Joshua, are you Joshua? Maybe you are. And maybe you are hearing this word, the very word that he spoke to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Does it sound the same? Does it give the same element? Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. Because the Lord God is with you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The same thing. There's another one in Hebrews 12. It's a beautiful scripture and I know it starts with the word therefore, so it's not quite finally, but it sounds the same and it is very similar in meaning. And it actually says, and you could say it like this, therefore from here on out, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses. And then comes the gospel statement. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so easily to us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. That's the gospel. The gospel in a nutshell. Looking to Jesus. And what is he? The founder and the finisher. The author and the finisher. The beginning and the end the Alpha and the Omega of our faith, the one who stands before us as the way, the truth, and the life. So we don't go back looking for another Jesus. We don't go back looking for another gospel. We have it. We have it. It is a game changer for us into the way forward. So maybe we've slipped a little. Maybe we have lost some ground. Maybe we have turned our hearts a little aside from the truth. And lost something. But we can come back because the gospel will change you. And the gospel will heal you. And the gospel will bring you freedom. Because the gospel is Jesus. And he will lead you forward. So, for many the gospel is an obligation, our obligation to the lost. We must preach the gospel. We must preach the gospel. There must be something attractive about our lives that will attract the, gospel, attract the people to this gospel. And that is what Kevin was alluding to a little earlier about his cookie story. So you need to have some cookie dates with people, okay? <laughs> and show them how attractive it is. And show them how attractive it is because that's what they'd want. It is useless standing in front of them and say, Jesus is the most wonderful thing in the whole world. And you suck lemons, or you look like a lemon, or you... You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we had the encouragement earlier in our, in our meeting today. 
you know are we are we seeing this god are we are we experiencing this god or is it just too hot it's too hot all right for others it may just be my salvation message so the gospel is my salvation message i found god through this wonderful message. But in reality, it's the one thing that changes everything. It's the one thing that changes your life. It is the one thing that sets you up for eternity. It's the one thing that makes you like God. It is the one thing. It's the only thing. There is no other way. There is no other teaching. It is not about me. It's not about what we believe as a congregation or a church or an affiliation or whatever you want to call it. It's not about that. It is about that one thing, the gospel. Jesus and he wants to imprint that into our everything, into every part of my life. Every part of my life must show and reveal the imprint of the gospel in my life. So maybe we need to make some adjustments. Maybe we do. And I love the song. We sang it today about the way maker. And we get to that portion that says, even when we don't feel it, it's working. The gospel is like that. Even when we don't feel it, it's working. Even if we don't see it, it's working. It never stops working. It never stops working. And we need that song beating in our hearts and beating in our spirits. This gospel never stops working. It doesn't stop on Monday. It doesn't stop on Thursday or Friday. It does not stop. It keeps on working. The gospel keeps on working. My life is not just a one-off experience where I put up my hand and say, I want the gospel. Because even if that was that one experience... That was the beginning. It was the beginning. And he never stops working. And the Holy Spirit never stops working. He draws alongside you, never stops working, never stops working. The gospel continually working in my life. In Philippians 1.6, it says this, I'm sure of this, that, who, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus. So that gospel that he started with will continue working and continue working until he brings it to completion. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus, the gospel in your life, in your heart, making a difference every single day of your life. So if perhaps today you feel a little lost in the process, that you've lost some ground that you've lost some spirit or some fervor, whether the fervor's lost in your marriage or the fervor's lost in your job, that you get up on a Monday morning and say, oh my goodness, it's Monday again. If you lost something out there, the gospel can change that. And it's your relationship, it's you pushing into Christ, it's your pushing into Jesus. You know, there's a scripture that speaks about Jesus in this way, and it says that he is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. So, what would you think glory is? The hope of glory. Do you, anybody want glory? Anybody want glory? Nobody want glory? Hmm. Okay, let's start the sermon again. Do you want glory? I'm sure you do. Because the glory is the presence of God. It's the presence, the absolute presence of God with no limitations. That is the glory. And you are being changed into that through Christ and your relationship in Christ. That we will become like Jesus. Let me say this. 
there's a lot of in-between stuff between the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, a lot of stuff in between. And that's where you and I are in right now. And Jesus said, and he promised that he will finish it. It's a beautiful thought. But let me move on. Christ is the originator of the gospel. In fact, we've already said that he is, in a sense, the gospel. That he changes everything. That he is the one that gives us ground on our beachhead. That gives us the ability to overcome. When he says, be strong, he's not saying, be strong, come on, show your muscle, let us make this thing work. He's saying, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his mighty power from here on out. So this, this is my resolve. This is my resolve for you as a congregation. From here on out, we are going to be strong in the Lord. From here on out, we're going to expect differences every week, every day, moving on. Do we have gospel just on Sundays or do we have gospel on Mondays as well? Of course we do. Because the gospel never stops working. It is always working. He is always working. Jesus is always working. God is always working. Holy Spirit is always working. When I pick up his word, it's not just word. It is the word. It is the breath God is breathing over our lives. And we are being changed by this gospel moment by moment by moment. It's important to pray. It's important to read the word. It is important to gather together as the saints. Because in it all, we are being changed into his likeness and into his glory. Into his glory. He is the hope of glory. Christ in you. But let me get this quite clear to your heart today. It's not Christ and you. It's Christ in you. And maybe that's the kind of shift that we need to make in our lives. Because it sounds like every time we get into a preach like this, this is a lot of effort. This is sweat our way through to eternity. This is Jesus left me at the cross. He forgave my sin. He sorted me out and he said, on your way, my boy, get going. I'll see you later. He didn't say that. He said, I am with you. He even said it to his disciples when he finally left this earth. He said, I am with you even to the end of the world of the age. I'm with you. So even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He's always working, day by day working in my life. I'm going to conclude at this point. There's quite a few more things that I could have shared with you. And I don't think I'll miss anything more out in terms of its relevance. But it is transform, transforming. It's transformative, transformative in our lives. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's changing us. It's changing us. And if you're not changed, check. Check the gospel that you're believing. Check the gospel that you're believing. You know, there are a lot of wonderful things out there. And um, uh, Anybody heard of the keto diet? Okay. Does it mean you leave some things out? Yeah, okay. Well, kind of like any diet means you leave something out. 
whether it's proteins or carbs or fats or whatever, you leave something out in order to fulfill your diet. We must never do that with the gospel. You can't leave anything out. You can't only have a little bit of it. There's no medium, medium rare kind of gospel. It's the real deal, steak on a plate. It's the real deal, the whole deal. It's Jesus, all of him, for all of you. And that makes the difference in your life. So you can be hanging on, on your little keto diet, and hoping that it's going to work for you. It's not going to work for you. The thing that works for you is the real deal. That's the real deal. The attraction of the lost. The lost will not be attracted to you if you're miserable. You'll not be attracted to the gospel. Not be attracted to Jesus. Not be attracted to invite them to church. Why? I've got enough trouble of my own. I don't have to go to church. Find out more trouble. Okay. Let me stop. The gospel. Powerful. Let us allow God to have the last word. What is the last word? Well, the last word is like the first word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what do you suspect his mighty power would look like? I'll tell you what it would look like. It would look like Jesus. It would look like the gospel. That would be his mighty power. Be strong. Be strong in that. And from here on out, let's be strong in the gospel. So, I want to encourage you in conclusion today. Maybe you do feel that there's a little bit of something that's just kind of missing in the equation here. And I want to give you an opportunity just to stand where you are, going to pray together. We're not going to make any, anything more of it than that. We're just going to stand together. Those of you that really feel, I want to shift. I want to shift in my marriage. I want to shift in my job. I want to shift in my life. I want to shift in my church life. I want to shift in my prayer life. I want to shift. I want to take some ground. I want to get into this beachhead once again. I want to stand in a place where I'm relevant. I'm relevant in the kingdom. I'm relevant to move forward so that when there's a call to move forward, I'm part of the fight, that I'm in the fight, because I want to be in the fight. I want to be in the fight. I want to be in the fight. I don't want to get left behind. Do you know what strategically, when the general says we're going to set up a beachhead, he doesn't pick his weak men. He picks his best and sets them up to go and fight. Many of them lose their lives, but he knows if they fail at getting the beachhead, they fail in the whole mission. So he sends his best men. You want to be his best man? I want to be his best man. I want to be ready for that when he calls me to it. So would you just shut your eyes and if you feel to stand with me so that we can pray together. I'd love to pray with you that God will help you by his Holy Spirit that he will bring you to that place where you know without a doubt that the gospel is working. The gospel is working. I'll put these words down on my, on my notes. The full assurance. The full assurance. Do you have the full assurance is it stamped, ingrained into your heart. Father, you see every person that is standing here today. It is not with shame. 
we are standing here like with Paul saying these words, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power that is going to change my life. It is the power that is going to save my life. It is the power that's going to mean something in the way ahead. It is the power that is going to affect the kingdom of God. It is the power that is going to impress the lost. It is the power that's going to change my environment. It's going to change the world around me. It's going to change my family. It's going to change my marriage. It's going to change my strength as I walk with God. It's going to change everything. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to do the work that only you can do by your power. That's what you said, God, by your power, the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. It is not about our works. It's not about how skilled we are. It's not about how strong and how much we are. It's about who you are and what you are. Thank you, God, for listening to our hearts today. And I pray that our hearts, our hearts, not my prayer, not Henry's prayer, but our hearts will be changed because of the gospel. Because of the gospel. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.